Hello, everyone, and welcome to My Lit Podcast. It's me, your host, Donna. Thank you for joining me today. I'm back after a hiatus. <laughs> I apologize to anyone who is anxiously awaiting a new episode. I know it was, you know, pretty consistently released um, on this established timeline I created, but life. Okay, that's my justification. I went through some things and I had to deal with them. Uh, They took precedence over creating this podcast, but now I feel I'm back in control and have the ability to invest my time into sharing my continued journey in my first novel with you all. So, yay! (laughs) I really, really wanted to post an episode on December 31st. 2023 because that was you know if you've listened to my other episodes my deadline that I gave myself to have the novel written um well the reason for that episode was to admit failure I did not reach my goal but I wanted to let everybody know I was not giving up okay um there were a lot of moving pieces and I didn't get to recording that episode however this is the episode where I tell you all, yes, I missed my own suspense and I still have not completed my first novel. I am a failure and it's okay. <laughs> um, on the other side of it though, I've been making steady progress where I feel I'm being more consistent and dedicating my time to establish the storyline, okay? <laughs> I'm actually writing more now, or was, when I was on the hiatus than when I was just recording and writing. So, anywho, December came and went with a fury, okay? (laughs) We decided to have a smaller Christmas because the past few years, the kids have just been so completely overwhelmed with, like, the most toys and presents under the tree that they rip them open and forget about them five seconds later and that kind of like wasteful overwhelming culture that we live in where it's about how many presents and how much you spend on Christmas like that made me not enjoy the holiday anymore you know that to me that's not what Christmas is for um so we felt our kids were kind of underappreciating all the effort and all the gifts everyone was giving them. So we decided to be very low key and they really enjoyed our simple, not present free Christmas because they got some gifts, but small amount of presents. Okay. (laughs) So after Christmas obviously came New Year and We had a little dance party with the kids out of nowhere, some sparkling cider, and randomly watched John Tucker Must Die. Okay, I know a lot of people haven't heard of that movie in 20 years because it wasn't a super big hit, but it came out when I was in high school and me and my girlfriends loved it. And watching it almost 20 years later, my kids loved it too, okay? It was it was fun. It was light-hearted, funny, cringy, and just silly. So it was a good time. Um, but from there, from New Year's Eve, we got into a very special day. My baby girl turned the big one. 
We celebrated her very first birthday with a ton of friends and family who came from near and far, and it was overwhelming. It was a lot. It was almost 25 people at our home, and I just wanted her birthday to be epic and feel magical. And yes, I know. My husband let me know. This birthday was pretty much for me. <laughs> she is not going to remember it, but... We have these pictures that are going to be there forever. Everyone else is going to remember it. Um, you know, she had pink wings, a little tutu, and a custom-made onesie from one of her great aunts. And it was so perfect. Um, we had fairies everywhere. We had, you know, a dessert table with homemade sugar cookies and cupcakes that we made to look like mushrooms. And my sister, Susan, came and stayed up really late after driving here four hours and helped me make the cookies. And then the day of the party, she woke up at 6.30 with me and helped me make the rest of the, you know, hors d'oeuvres and the cupcakes. Um, it was awesome. And I'm so grateful. She helped me keep the house clean. She was a huge help. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was a very expensive birthday party, <laughs> but, uh, we had fairy trinkets. The kids got to make these beautiful little fairy wind chimes and, you know, the flower headdress thing. It was fun. It was really, really fun and unforgettable. Okay. My baby deserved that, and she absolutely demolished and enjoyed her mushroom cupcake, okay? <laughs> so, okay, since the birthday party, I have been really trying to focus on lifting in the gym and my caloric intake. I want to cut weight and build muscle. Well, cut fat and build muscle. I don't I'm not focused on the number on the scale as much as I have been in the past. It's more about like building muscle. Um, I've lost a few pounds trying to reach, you know, the weight where I'm at for the military, where I can pass height and weight without being taped. Um, and I'm about five pounds from it, so I feel good and I know I'm getting stronger. It truly is an awesome feeling. Like I'm so proud of myself when I can add weight when I'm lifting, it feels amazing and like um, very accomplishing. And uh, yeah, I can see more muscle definition I never had in certain areas and I'm just enjoying that. Um, other things I've been getting into, so I started watching the new True Detective series, which of course is insanely amazing quality with Jodie Foster starring this season. Finally, a girl is in charge, you know? Um, but wow, so good. <laughs> uh, also on our watch list is the new Percy Jackson in the Olympian series. I know this is geared towards like preteens, but it's a really great show. I always loved any kind of movies and books about Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. It's so interesting to me how they developed their backstories and how ancient Greeks and Romans used these gods and goddesses to explain and understand what was happening in the world around them. And uh, it's just kind of, you know, more cool and interesting than science. <laughs> the justifications on why certain things happen. Sorry, scientists. But yeah. <laughs> 
So if you all have any recommendations for shows or like movies, whatever you're out there watching, please send them my way. I love watching new things. All right. So lastly, something random. This is a turning, you know, the focus of our conversation to something else. Um, I found this idea on Instagram and I thought it was extremely interesting. Um, it's the idea that you every year at the beginning of the year have an off-site meeting. You can do it with your partner and you discuss your personal goals, your financial goals, professional goals, what trips you want to take and budget for those trips. And you plan the year ahead. And I am a planner, plan, plan, plan. I love it. Um, so I thought that was such a great idea and wanted to share it with you all. Um, and then I have started planning some trips. I am very frugal. If you know me, I love a good deal, um, in discount, but I really want to make memories with my kids. They deserve everything. And I'm, you know, want to start doing that, get out of my comfort zone a little bit and not regret not having those experiences with them. All right. That's all. So y'all let's get into this week's lit, shall we? Like I said at the beginning, I was only taking a hiatus from this podcast. Okay. I was still actively writing in my book. I actually made really good progress adding about 7,000 words. Okay. Yes. (laughs) 7,000. One of the research points I looked into while I was away was how long is a romance novel? Okay. Specifically a historic romance novel and how long are the chapters? Cause that's how I've been gauging how to how long to make my chapters pretty much i mean makes sense right um so from multiple websites i've read that these specific type of romance novels historic are typically between seventy-five thousand and a hundred thousand plus words yeah you heard that right that's a lot of words okay <laughs> suffice to say i am not there yet I was writing my novel very blindly. I was just writing and not really worried about anything outside of writing my book. But from my last episode, I was definitely schooled on all the additional tasks required to get my book out to the masses successfully. Um, I've really had a lot of internal conversations regarding my approach to launching my book. I genuinely want to have a book that's enjoyable, not just for me, but for everyone who reads it. And it's important that I do this research. You know, it's already out there. Why not go find it? So knowing that I wanted to have that kind of relationship with my readers, it inspired me to start listening to a lot of podcasts regarding self-publishing. I know I mentioned several in my previous episode, but I've been listening to even more of them more recently. A major takeaway um, has been I needed to research what actually makes authors in my genre successful, okay? There is a method to the madness. (laughs) 
<laughs> it isn't just a random luck and uniqueness that makes a book a bestseller or even gets it sold. A lot of times the books that are being bought by readers follow an unwritten guide of this, you know, specific genre. And there's a reason why so many books are sold and people keep writing them. There's a demand for specific, I know I keep saying that word, types of books and readers have fallen in love with certain story cadences and situations or tropes that are actually pretty commonplace in the market today. I thought, you know, years ago and even up until recently, <laughs> that I was writing my book to be different. I was reading so many stories that seemed very similar to one another or felt like the author lacked any sort of creative inspiration because it felt like a ripoff to other novels I'd read. However, now that I'm, you know, in their shoes, I see the reason why they wrote the way they did. A lot of publishers, if authors get those types of deals, want certain specific scenes in certain genres of books and authors can't or don't always say no. Therefore, it can seem, you know, pretty generic or uninspired, I think, from a reader's perspective. Knowing that definitely altered my own perspective in the sense that I don't necessarily want to be a unicorn author out there, you know, I, I already feel my storyline and my setting are unique. I haven't found many books that take place in 1870s Savannah, Georgia, but that may be because I'm usually looking for Regency romance, okay? I can't help it. I'm addicted. <laughs> but knowing that consumers are looking for specific hit points or storylines in novels similar to mine really made me want to know that. I don't want to just go into everything off the cuff and be lazy about it. I want to work to be quality and well-rounded and satisfy these readers. The laziness brings me to another point I want to address. So I have been writing, like I said, more consistently and still only increase my novel by about six to 7,000 more words than last month. I'm still far from the goal of at least 75,000 words to finalize my novel though. I've already gotten to a major point of friction in the book though, so that has definitely set me on a path and gotten the storyline moving for me. I'm not just, you know, blindly writing and hoping I'm making a story get to some drama or get to some actual, you know, climax. But I know where the characters are going next. I sincerely thought writing a book meant, you know, words would just flow out of my fingers and I'd spit it all out on the page. Not even a little bit. No, not at all has that happened for me. It takes a lot of forethought and internalization of the storyline for me to commit to events for these characters, okay? I go over a lot in my head and I'll be like, no, ooh, that doesn't make sense. Ooh, I need to change it. Ah, ah. Whew. Well, okay, back to my word count. I'm really happy on this because there's a reason all historical romance novels reach this minimum word count, okay? And I really feel like I am struggling to reach that high number of words. I haven't really allowed myself to stress too much though because I kind of have a plan. So I'm currently planning on just writing the story that's in my head and getting the words on the page, okay? Just get it out. 
And then I know what events I want to take place and have happened. So I just, I want to get those scenes out, okay, before I forget them. And then I'm going to commit a lot of time to research of the time period. You heard that right. Research of the time period. I've dedicated a total combined amount of probably 10 whole minutes <laughs> to quickly researching small parts of this time period or about the dresses or other like trivial things for this novel. So as you can assume, it's not enough. I already know my book thus far is sorely lacking thoughtful details that will assist the reader in transporting themselves through time to be with my characters, okay? If I could go back in time, y'all, I would shake myself, right? Why would I think that I could be an author without studying and researching the time period thoroughly enough? Ugh. I, yeah. I wanna create a world for these characters. I really expected people to wanna read something I wasn't really you know, willing to put effort forth and actually intelligently create a world for. I mean, it's frustrating because I feel like I'm behind because of my lack of planning and effort earlier, you know. However, once I get this research taken care of, I know I'll be able to go back into my book and just add a few descriptions and setting, not a few, add many <laughs> new descriptions and settings. They're really totally lacking. A lot of my books so far has just been dialogue and internal thoughts, you know, not much going on in the setting department. I also feel like this dedicated research is going to help me make my future books because I want this to be a series, not a standalone, and that'll help, you know, round out this world and make it way easier to have the setting in place and I'll have more knowledge about the time period so hopefully it doesn't take 10 years to write another book <laughs> but yeah as I was saying those things I am a little apprehensive though um being so vulnerable about critiquing my own book <laughs> because I don't want readers to agree with me when, you know, I launch the book. Please don't rip apart my book because of everything I am seeing right now before I finish it. <laughs> Hopefully I'm being too hard on myself, but we will see. I feel so much better getting all this out and speaking about my novel. There are a lot of competing priorities right now in my life, and this novel is so incredibly important to me. Seriously. I feel this is one of my absolute top priorities. I know this might sound ridiculous seeing as I created an entire podcast dedicated to this book, but I really haven't been broadcasting to everyone I know that I am writing a book, okay? I'm very protective of my book and it's easier to think only strangers are hearing about it. Um, but yeah, this has been very therapeutic for me though. Um, and I don't know. It's not that I'm not proud that I'm writing a book. I'm very proud of myself, but I don't want everyone to be like, can I read a copy? Oh, let me read it. Like, I'm not there yet. We're not there. I can't share. <laughs> One day. Well, 
Everyone, thank you for joining me in my sixth episode of Donna's Lit Podcast. I appreciate you spending time with me today and getting this episode out has been a long process and I'm so thankful for your patience. I'll try to be more consistent in my episodes in the future. Keyword here is try. Um, Also, if you have any feedback or recommendations for me as I go through my writing process, and publishing, please do not hesitate to reach out on Instagram. Also remember to follow, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and check out my IG at at Donna's Lit Podcast. And remember, it's always a great day to have a great day. Bye.